This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Now, what I am about to show you next may shock and educate you. Hold on to your values as we step through the looking glass into a hippie pot party. While Johnny Welfare plays acid rock on a stolen guitar, his old lady has a better idea. That's right. She's got the munchies for a California cheeseburger. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. A California cheeseburger. <laughs> what a great little piece of slang that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No. Uh, it's a baby sandwich. It's a baby sandwich, absolutely. And I don't mean like a small sandwich. I mean a sandwich with a baby inside. It. A literal baby. And this yeah. uh, this little hippie is going to mow down on it, allegedly. Oh, yeah. These are like uh, Manson family-esque hippies. It's because um, they're high on the reefer, Greg. That's right. And they've got the quote-unquote munchies. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I really love how the doobie is taped into the <laughs> the first one's mouth. Uh and what he he's he's plays acid rock on a stolen guitar. <laughs> like, uh, it's a really nice picture. It's great. Yeah, Chief Wiggum is a born storyteller. Um <laughs> this is Two Bad Neighbors. My name is Greg. My name is Alan. And this is the Encyclopedic Compendium of most things Simpsons seasons 1 through 10. All things. Excuse Simpsons, me. I'm so sorry. One through ten. How dare you forget? I'm, I forgot. It's all. We things. have missed zero things. Yeah, because we don't get any omissions or correction emails. We have a perfect record. Perfect. Spot on. Yeah. Um. And and that's it. So we are coming to you from uh, two different locations and a third. When I introduce Whoa. the guest in a moment, um, it's gonna be wild that it took us this long to get this guest on this show yeah Um, all it took was a global pandemic that's all it took that's all it took and uh, like and it's like well we can't get anybody to come in and talk to us so we might as well uh do a zoom chat yeah some like over over not overseas but like over two time zones over the borders two time zones away Two yeah. time zones away, an entire region of Canada to the east, um, mm-hmm. just to uh, just to Skype in my sister, Carly Wilson. Hi, Carly. Hey. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm, and you said I'm you're honored. Two, two time zones away. Where are you located currently for the listener? I am in the six, the big blue, as I like to call it, the hub, Hogtown. Smoke City. <laughs> I'm in Toronto. <laughs> okay. I was like, I don't know any of these nicknames. <laughs> I know you have three more names. There's a possibility I made up at least two of those, and I don't know what it is. Give me three more. Um, Hogtown? Yeah, Hogtown. No, is Hogtown's that a real. real. <laughs> yeah, that's a real one. The Big Smoke. That could be made up. Um, Center of the Universe yeah. is a fave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that might actually be all I've got. T-Dot. So sorry. Yeah. 
T-Dot. Oh, that's my the only God. one I knew. <laughs> None of the people who live here call it that, Alan. No, of that's course so not. It's silly. It's, it's such a, it's such a cow town thing for me to say. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I'm going to pronounce it Calgary for you. Jesus. <laughs> How dare you? All right, cut her mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Uh, well, from my understanding, uh, the uh, global pandemic, as mentioned previously, that is just impossible to ignore. Sorry, guys. I know everyone's talking about it and on podcasts and like joking about it, uh, but it's because it's everywhere. Uh, it's it's hitting Toronto. Uh, not, I guess, like per capita, not as bad as they predicted, but still like not great. Uh, it's Mont- not ideal. Yeah, no. I think Montreal is the big one in Canada. Um, but uh, yeah, so you're you're holding up all right, though. Everything's everything's good on your your end there. I'd say so. I'd say we're doing okay. Um, It's not ideal circumstances, um, but all things considered, I think we're doing fine. Um, We are, me and my partner in a one bedroom apartment, both still working full time. So that's okay. But you know, we made a standing desk on our kitchen counter out of a stock pot and I use one in the bedroom and the dresser. We call the bedroom the phone booth now because this is not the first meeting we've had in here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, it's, I mean, we're getting creative. It's good. Call Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland because uh, you're in uh, a phone booth. That's a classic 80 minute film. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a great movie? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I haven't seen it like, I think since the year it came out, but I watched it yeah. like five times the year it came out. It's Joel I really Schumacher's it. best movie. <laughs> I've seen Schumacher it one Jimmy? time. <laughs> Schumacher's a bananas filmmaker. Um, I need to make sure that I'm not crazy that this is a I, Schumacher I believe movie. you. I, I, I just, I honestly, anytime someone's like, oh, that's a Joel Schumacher film, I'm like, what? All right. Like, <laughs> like I'm always like, really? But then, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. 2002 film by Joel Schumacher. There you go. Old Schumi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That's good. It's good. It's good that, uh, you know, you're, you're safe and, and getting by and, um, I like uh it's not ideal. Who do you think in the world this is ideal for? Pets. Pets. Oh, that's a good that's yeah. a good response. Thank you. Yeah, um, I had that I had that locked and barrel. Locked ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Alan. Ask, yeah, me, ask, ask me. me who it's good for. I was legit I wasn't like it wasn't like gotcha gotcha podcasting. It was more a legit question of like, do you think there's any like human person in the world who's like Finally, like this is what I was waiting for, Alan. It might not have been so. It might not have been gotcha podcasting, but it was definitely gotcha guesting. She was ready. <laughs> I was. That. that was. She got me. Yeah, yeah she got gotcha me. Yeah, yeah. That was an aggressive um, line of questioning for my first time was, on the well, podcast. Yeah. I mean, that you've had for five years. Your so. blood. So you know, we got it. We we're pulling out all the stops. <laughs> You and my mother on here before you had me. I'm yeah. just yeah. Did you, you did you, did you listen to that episode? I did. Oh my god, it was adorable. She was, she was not so impressed. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, she was not having fun. She definitely said afterwards uh, she was really glad my mom was there to help like ease her into it and yeah. like make her not feel quite because my mom was a lot more just like oh hi like let's talk because yeah. my mom's a sweetheart yeah uh, your mom had the vibe like she'd done that before i know she's like another <laughs> alan experiment yeah <laughs> here i go <laughs> yeah um what was i gonna say uh the i mean obviously that's a episode called mother simpson we actually did have the uh plan to get both you and my sister on for my sister my sitter because that has sister in the title. 
And that yeah, was really that the big reason sense. why the mother one came first is because just chronologically, Mother Simpson comes before my sister, my sitter. Uh, scheduling didn't work out. And so we're getting you on this episode instead, which is also a brother-sister episode. So yeah, that- it's adorable. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it is. It's super cute. I totally forgot almost all the details. Yeah, so I, it was it was I, pretty sweet. I was actually quite moved watching this episode. I I enjoyed it a lot this time. Now, around. this is uh, also a unique situation because we normally have a segment for new guests uh, called What's Your Story? where we like to ask what your story is in relation to The Simpsons. Now, this is an interesting uh, guest to have because you can also give us a bit of Greg's story, (laughs) as I'm sure the listeners have not heard anything enough about Greg uh, Lobie's five years. Well, they've just heard my side. That's that's what I mean. Right. Uh, So it'd be nice to hear the other side. And also, uh, as the the younger sister, uh, or like the younger sibling, rather, you know, what was your relationship with The Simpsons growing up? Did you watch it around the same time as Greg? Did you uh, start a bit later? Did he introduce it to you? You know, just things like that. What's in, in your own words? Um. Okay. I. I think I don't. I don't think you introduced it to me because, like, important note: we are not that far apart in age. Like, we're no. less than a year and a half apart, so yeah. there wasn't a lot of opportunity. I think for you to get stuff before I did. Um, and I think, I think we watched it predominantly together in the early days. Um, and then I think once we got into high school, you watched just a lot more TV than I did. So I think you did. Yeah. The bulk of the viewing at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Until today it's been, (laughs) yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I remember, I remember we used to watch it together a lot. We had like our favorite episodes. Um, and I don't, I I know a lot of people have all those stories about like their parents controlling their viewing of the Simpsons. And I don't know if we ever talked about it with other kids, but we were kind of like, either they don't know we watch or they don't know what the show's about. (laughs) (laughs) We're kind of in the clear. It hasn't really come up. I know to this day that mom doesn't like it. Yeah. Never had. And as evidenced on the episode, as evidenced on the episode. And I still don't think she knows what it's about. no, and I know, like, I always thought dad would like it because he likes most things, but he doesn't like how Homer's portrayed. He found that offensive. You did. And it's the same it's reason like, he like Bernstein Bears. Hashtag not all dads is what his Exactly. Yeah, that's right. how he yeah. feels. Yeah. It's the, it, it, Ed Carly said this, but it's it's like he was the exact same way with the damn Bernstein Bears. Um, <laughs> it was it was Papa Bear. He was like, Papa Bear's a doof. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> So he just hated sitcoms then because that's every like, sitcom. That's largely. That's our dad, future guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one day he'll come on and he'll I'm, tell you about how offensive he finds it. I'm calling my shot right now. I know exactly which episode I want him on for. Ooh. Uh, which one? So, uh Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. Um Oh, so good. Is that a season <laughs> so 10? Good. Yes, that's a season oh, God. 10. <laughs> I got to give us some reason to keep going. I mean, sure. <laughs> Uh, that'll yeah, be good. No. That'll be good. He like he's been talked about so much on this podcast. I mean, if the thing is like our kind of like underground plan for season ten is to go back to the old format of like two or three episodes per podcast. That's true, except for that one. <laughs> except for that one. Um, if we get like a great guest on, we'll do a single. Sure, episode. we'll do a single episode. Yeah, like this right now. We have a great guest so, on. So keep hey, and also keep guys. that in mind to all future guests who appear on season ten. <laughs> You'll know your value based on how many episodes we do. 
Uh, bring Ife on. We'll do three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who we got next? We got James Wade. All right, let's do six episodes. That sounds that's about all the... If all this craziness is still going on, he'll be happy to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think James will be our guest uh, for season nine, episode one. So that's right. We're very excited We haven't even asked him that. yet, so we'll see if he listens to this and is like, wait, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> he hasn't. Uh, uh, Carly, do you have a favorite episode that you remember? Uh, yes. Um, I thought about this in advance. Uh, and because I just rewatched it, actually. Um, the episodes, oh, I want to say it's two. It might just be one episode. It's just such a big arc with uh, Frank Grimes. Grimey? Yeah. Homer's Enemy. That's what, that's what yeah. we just did. We, we, uh, two episodes. It was two episodes from the one this one we watched today. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know where it fell, but I know like I just rewatched it a few months ago um, because my partner hadn't seen it. And I was referencing that we live above a bowling alley and below <laughs> another bowling alley. <laughs> and he had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, how do you not, how, how do you not know Frank Grimes? <laughs> and so then we had to watch it. So yeah, it was, it's so great. Um, well, that's actually a good uh, segue into a listener mailbag. Yeah. Because um, the- we have a really great email about this particular episode, Carly, that I'd love for you to weigh in on. Okay, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> this episode, so Homer's Enemy uh, like I said, we just did it recently, so we got some uh, some messages about it, and it was uh, honestly, from my perspective, surprisingly divided. Yeah, uh, like a lot of people like hate this episode. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna read this uh, email, uh, and this is from uh, Ben, uh, and he says, "Hi, I enjoyed your podcast. Uh, didn't agree with a lot of it, and that's why I'm emailing you. Uh, always been conflicted on Homer's enemy." I like it as all the Bart stuff is great, and I do quite like the bit of home, uh, a bit of the Homer stuff, but also kind of wish it didn't happen. And I don't think that Frank Grimes works as a character on the show. Might be due to being British, but he didn't make me at all think this is a real person meeting the Simpsons. Quite the opposite. I thought as this is more like stressed Eric, a cartoon character on telly at the time. This is a very UK very email British, as well. Very uh, British. <laughs> which was a UK attempt at doing the Simpsons thing of animation showed at prime time for adults. Where the humor was how much unreasonable crap can we pile on this one guy until he breaks in an amusing fashion at the end of each episode. Frank Grimes' backstory and home life would fit right in on that show without feeling at all out of place. It almost felt as much of a crossover as a critic one did. So no, I don't see him as a realistic, but some kind of, uh, sorry, I don't see him as realistic, but some kind of grim, dark, over-the-top fictional character brought into contrast to Homer, which doesn't work for me at all as something like, uh, do it for her, which he had to give up on his dreams for financial security for his family, feels so much more real and true than anything about Frank Grimes. Um, and uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just making sure I'm not reading uh, things that are out of context. Uh, thing is, it's a deconstruction and such deconstructions have to be done carefully or you risk breaking what you're deconstructing entirely. Just look at what Watchmen did to comics for arguably at least a decade, if not more. I've always seen Homer's enemy as the one-two blow with the principal and the popper that broke the show. Once you've deconstructed the supposed reality of your title characters by poking at how unreal they are, followed up by saying that caring about the character's reality is stupid because we can remake them entirely if we think it's funny, it's hard to go back to the previous status quo. And well, they clearly couldn't. So that was uh, his main point. Uh, He absolutely agrees uh, with us on uh, if they were doing Homer's Enemy, it should have been the show's end. That's something that we kind of mentioned. It felt like a not a natural, but like a a great like kind of series finale of the show would be Homer's enemy. Cause that's when they're bringing in this, uh, as we called it a realistic character. Uh, ben clearly disagrees with that. Um, 
but yeah, and then I think there was another uh, mention on our Facebook as well that was a little less detailed, but just basically saying a similar thing where yeah. it like the idea of it being so uh, like dark and uh, depressing, as it were. Mm-hmm. And even with the Bart stuff weighing out the um, kind of <laughs> darkness of the Grime storyline, uh, that even that doesn't save it. Um, obviously, we're as if you listen to that episode, we're fans of that episode. We oh, like yeah. it. We love the darkness. We we like seeing old Grimy get his uh, come up, and so that's not deserved. Um, <laughs> but Carly, yeah, maybe you want to weigh in on what you what you think uh, and like why that episode is one of your favorites as well. Um, feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the critical reflection that other people have done about this episode. <laughs> that's fair. Because I like Welcome it to our lives. predominantly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm seeing that now. Um, I like it predominantly for the bowling alley joke, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> it is a <laughs> great joke. Just, it's so funny. Yeah. It's just because, like, I've lived in, you know, some questionable places. Yeah. Um, and the lobster scene. You know, no, I stand by, like, I, I think. Lobsters for dinner. <laughs> I think a couple of things that I I like about it is I I agree that it's dark, but I think that that's a big part of why it's so funny. And I like that the Simpsons has never been too afraid to go to, I don't know, like they have their, their sad episodes. Like they don't, they're not afraid to tug in your heartstrings too much. And they also, in that instance, they weren't afraid to be pretty dark. Like, and it was, it was funny. Um, And I disagree with the realistic character comment from Ben. Um, solely because the reason that I, I thought we should watch it as recently as we did is we were just having one of those days where you're like, can you feel like we try like 700 times harder than everybody else? And then you just kind of roll up at work and you're like, oh, so this could have been really easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we were just kind of like complaining about that at home. And then I was like, I've got this Simpsons episode for us today. <laughs> so, you're, so you're saying like the, the idea of Homer being the one who is kind of the uh, lack, lackadaisical, oh, I just do whatever I want, but still like succeeds versus the Grimes who works hard every day of his life and just can't get seem to get anywhere aside from a bowling alley. Uh, sorry, <laughs> living on top of a bowling alley, which is below another bowling alley. Um, so great. And that's, and to you and, uh, like that's that's a very realistic kind of depiction of uh, the workforce in general. I don't know if I'd go with very realistic. I think it's like extremely hyperbolic, but sure. at the same time, enjoyable to see that kind of reflection. Um, it's relatable, at least. A, a little bit. A little. Yeah, like a little it's bit, it's yeah. really stretching out and extrapolating your own experience in a way that I found comical because of the hyperbole to really, you know, English major all over it. Um mm-hmm. So, and I think, oh, what was the, there's, I don't know who you must've, Greg, you must've told me this first, but like, that's one of the only instances where you hear Hank Azaria's real voice. It's, it's very like when, like the thing is when we were watching the episode, um, I realized it's super close to his real voice. Like if you were to watch heat, it's very Mm -hmm. close to, to, to his voice and heat, but there is something different about it and it's a it's a it's a character nuance that he's putting on he's putting on this defeated pathos the entire time that just changes hank's usual way of speaking just enough that it's it's frank grimes not hank's yeah. area it's like, more it's that just he's different he's doing, enough. he's doing uh uh like he, he's basically playing frank grimes as if he was playing uh, a character in a in a live action drama of some kind. Yeah, right? right. Whereas like the other characters he does on The Simpsons, for the most part, are like wacky cartoon characters, and like you'd never see him do 
like his Mo voice in a real live action thing. Cause he'd be like talking like this. And it, like, you know, like he'd be, cause voice actors have to morph their like face and mouth quite a bit to get those voices out. Um, and so he's, he's still doing a full fledged character, but it is closest to his real voice because he's just like playing it quote unquote, like straight is the wrong way to describe it, but like just a bit more, a bit less uh, over the top and zany. So can right. I, can and I, I th- sorry, go ahead. Well, I just think that when we were kids, I know, especially a big part of the magic of the Simpsons was like thinking about who these voice actors were mm. like that moment when you find out that Bart was voiced by a woman, you're like, whoa, <laughs> and realizing that like Chief Wiggum and Mo were the same guy. Whoa. Yeah. And then we saw this episode and we're like, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> Amazing. Like it was just like, the the, exactly. Yeah. Like the mystery is unveiled and that it always kind of stuck with me at this episode. I'm like, this is how to make it <laughs> cool. That's and, funny because like, I, uh, you know, I'm on record of uh, being a huge voice actor fan. Like I just love voice actors. I've learning about voice actors, who voices who. And I think it started like the, the uh, impetus of that is from the Simpsons. When, like you said, when I first learned, uh, I think I learned that Bart was voiced by Nancy Cartwright pretty young. Um, I think she released a, like a memoir or something called like my life as a 10 year old boy. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, so like that, that was like pretty, pretty quick for me, but it was more for me, like finding out the same person voiced all these different characters. Um, that was like the, like, that's crazy to me. And then I, that's when I started like delving deep into like that world and really loving it. <laughs> and I still do to this day. So. Yeah. So I just want to say one one thing on the email that we got, and I really appreciate that email. Um, uh, and that is how dare you? <laughs> and that is that is go fuck yourself. No, uh, <laughs> Jesus. absolutely not. No, no. I'm gonna put that in and double it though. So, um, what it is is I see Frank Grimes as like less of a I guess realistic person and more of a realistic representation of an ideal uh, specifically very american ideal which is the um the the, the idea of pulling kind oneself of blue collar. yeah pulling oneself up by the bootstraps and uh becoming uh self-made that sort of thing um burns says it as much in a very very funny way at the very beginning because burns is not a self-made man but (laughs) in a way neither is grimes because he's never been able to make himself other uh, out of out of his living situation out of his out of his financial situation out of his tragic backstory he's never been able to ascend from that primarily because the concept of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps is impossible it's an impossible thing to actually do have you ever thought you mean, about like, literally? Yeah, the actual literal thing because where that 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 phrase comes from is like it's the like one of the one of the one of the American guys that they all worship like gods they he said like we can't expect people to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps because it's literally impossible. That's where that quote comes from. It's a it's a smaller part of a larger quote explaining that pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is not a possible thing for you to do and Frank Grimes is the embodiment of the guy who believes that it is a possible thing for him to do and keeps doing it for his entire life only to see that it actually is impossible and sometimes life isn't fair because the american dream is the american lie great episode (laughs) yeah uh but we do appreciate the email (laughs) 
no, but in all seriousness, we do. We I actually love, uh, especially differing opinions from us. It like, made me think about it a lot more. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love when people just lavish praise on us. Oh and yeah, it's definitely. Like, you guys do great. Yeah. Like, please continue that as well. But if you have a differing opinion, or if you know, if you you just uh, disagree with something we've said, like email us. We like to to open up that discussion. We just Greg spent and I have become... minutes relitigating <laughs> the whole thing, and it was That's great. Right. It made me think deeper about it. Greg and I have become such the same people, especially doing this podcast for five years, that it's nice to get different. That's why we have guests often, because yep. when it's just the two of us, it's like, did you think this was funny? Yes, I did. Cool. Me too. Hey, high five. <laughs> Great example. My sister, my sitter episode. That's right. It's 40 minutes long. It's a short one because we're like, this is we don't like this episode. We don't have anything else to say. Except. Goodbye. Except the outhouse. We for the outhouse, the outhouse joke. That's <laughs> too Two story outhouse. Story He's oh laughing again. Oh boy. Uh we're going uh, to start talking about this episode. Yes, though. let's. Uh because this is the Secret War of Lisa Simpson, and this is the 25th episode of season eight, the season finale. Uh written by Richard Apple, directed by Mike B. Anderson, and original air date May 18th, 1997, just the day before my birthday, my birthday eve in 1997, which I would have been turning 13. Carly. So that's a fun that's a fun fact for everyone. Gregory. Carly, you texted me a few days ago saying, Remember when I went off to camp? What the hell were you doing? I did. I did send that SMS text message. It's been bugging me for weeks. Like I I mentioned to that I was talking about like a thing that happened to me at like theater camp or something, and realized that like I was I went to like four weeks worth of day camps one summer. And I was like, what the hell were you doing? Cause you didn't come with me. And like, why would my parents pay for a babysitter and for camp? But then also why you can't be alone. You were like nine. So I just, it didn't, something doesn't add up. It's fishy. was what mm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. We need to get to the bottom of this, Greg. Yeah. I, yeah. I, right now. Uh, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, um, I was I'm very very glad that that Carly's here to shed some light on what uh what my story is in regards to the Simpsons and like how 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 we watched it because I don't remember anything from hmm. from like age 11 from before age 11 maybe like I, I it's gone it's just gone and I think that's a problem Greg <laughs> it's definitely an issue and I'm I don't know what's there. Who knows? Um, and I'm, I'm just, Is there some sort of greater Wilson conspiracy here where like you were sent off to summer camp and Greg was like conditioned, uh, you know, Manchurian candidate style. And then his memory was erased. And is there some kind of kill word that I like, I'm afraid now to use agent activated. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> There is no Greg world where Wilson. they would have told me to kill word. Gregory Donald Wilson. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alan knows your middle name. That's so cute. Of course. I'm I'm his best friend. Yeah. He's my best yeah. man. And his best man. His Congratulations. Best man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. It's, it's I've been I've been, you know, uh campaigning for it for for years, for five years now. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> the secret reason I asked him to do this podcast years ago was like, if he ever gets married. I'm going to be his best man. I, I feel like this is my easy. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the, 
one of the reasons I thought you would be really great for this episode, Carly, is because you you mm-hmm. you would just talk to me about that just a few yes. days ago about like what what the what the hell we were doing uh, over summer. I know it's not a summer camp episode, but it kind of feels like one. Yeah, they're only there for like a week and a half. It feels like, like it's that. basically summer camp. Yeah. yeah. The only reason that this that this episode could possibly exist is because it is the last episode of the season so that we can, you know, make like they're finishing up their grade. So you have an entire summer off to forget that they've completed their respective grades. This is the second season in a row where they have a Bart Lisa story uh, outside of the, the, of Springfield, arguably, Uh, I guess it's technically in Springfield still the military Academy. Right. But Outside of our normal knowledge of locations, uh, near the end, near the end or the beginning. Rommelwood Academy is that in Springfield? Right. That's I, interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I, the only reason I think it might be yes is the uh, Skinner's car sequence. Oh yeah, that's right. Seems like it's close enough to the Springfield Elementary that it's there. It might be on the outskirts. I don't know. Springfield's loose. Very. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lucy Goose. Um, so uh, has anyone had any experience with military school in any sense of the word? I think actually Carly is the one who comes closest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of to what you are referring. You went to, you went to <laughs> private school. Okay. <laughs> like, are, we, are we talking about the time I went to like private school? Or are we talking about that quick foray into the air force? But okay. Um, oh well that's interesting too <laughs> we don't need to talk about that oh. all right because like, I, I guess uh, technically then i would have more Wait, you're both in the air force what's going on no because i worked for Just the military briefly. museum oh, for like five gotcha. years sure and, and you were a cub scout and i was that's a cub like scout a direct funnel yeah hey, i was into, a cub scout too yeah so you guys actually have more military experience than i do yeah. so yeah yeah i know how to make crafts. a fire yeah, yeah we like went camping true. and we went and we like played games yeah, I did not like camping. I did not like going on scavenger hunts. I did not like merit badges. I did not like the concept of friends that I made at Cub Scouts. All I wanted to do was stay home and watch The Simpsons. I liked the merit badges. You know why? Because they were like they were they were trophies. Yeah, yeah, they were like they were like uh, pre-achievement achievements. Yeah, in video games. <laughs> in video games, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wow. look through the book and like find. I'd read all the the like descriptions of each badge and what you needed to do, and I'd find the easiest ones and do those first. And then I'd be like, all right, now I'll move up to some of the medium ones. And I I just wanted to collect them as many as I could. I didn't even care about. There was one that was just like, I think it was like a friendship badge. And it was just like, have five good friends. And I'm like, cool. And I'm like, these are my five friends. And, I, and, and like, in retrospect, I'm like, those badges were silly. Like, yeah, let me quantify them all. Let me yeah. quantify everything you can possibly do. I got my sewing badge for sewing the badge onto my sash. Oh, nice. Wait, the sewing badge onto your sash? Yeah. Like, so you sewed the sewing badge onto your sash, which gave you the sewing badge. Yeah. Because it, was, it. because it was on my sash. They couldn't take it away. <laughs> and then you had the de-stitching badge that you had to remove in order to get it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, military yeah, school. I don't have Sorry, I, don't, right. I don't really have any any like concept of what it's like to be in the military. I have 
taught a whole lot of cadets before. They just seem like normal kids. Really. But you call them cadets. Yeah, because they're like, it's like cubs, but very military based. Mm. Whereas like cubs are more like, go out into the into the world and 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 make build a fire and and sleep in a tent whereas like uh cadets are like line up in a straight line outside of your local legion and walk around with fake rifles doing rifle drills standing straight at attention until someone throws a rock at your back sounds fun well i mean that's in the episode (laughs) 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 um yeah, I, I I mean I went to public school my whole life. I don't know. Like the idea of like military school, even private school, like any of that kind of stuff is so foreign to me, is so just like like what a weird concept in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um and I guess I get the idea that military school is supposed to teach discipline, but in its depiction in like TV and movies that I see just to me seems like it's almost like uh so like I okay, it's a little tangent. I have a dog. Um, training a dog, you don't want to use like, uh, um, what's the word? Like negative, negative reinforcement, reinforcement, use positive reinforcement. And that's what just makes me think about like stuff like military scores, just like, oh, you've been bad. You need to be punished versus, Hey, when you do a good job, you get good things. And maybe humans are just more complex than dogs. Jury's still out on that, but (laughs) (laughs) But it does seem like it works better when uh, when it's positive reinforcement versus negative uh, punishment. And so I just never really agreed with the concept of military school. I also just don't agree with the concept of the military. I don't like war. I think we should all be pacifists, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, you beat me to it. I was going to say the exact <laughs> same thing. Um, yeah, military is kind of silly unless, of course... <laughs> You are deploying people to save people from a natural disaster or from a pandemic, in which case, go for it. But don't kill each other because there's a virus out there that's going to try and do that anyway. Um, That's what I, that, well, I mean, I mean, like uh, the military is an amazing resource for uh, first responders internationally and um, a way to mobilize people for disaster relief in the blink of an eye, really. Um, When I saw how many they were mobilizing for Canada, um, Mm. I was like, oh, wow, that's all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Because, surprise, Canada has like 27,000 people in the armed forces and they're mobilizing 24,000. So I, I think the ones who aren't going are the ones who are like at the computers making sure everybody goes where they have to go. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's quite incredible. Uh, but the whole idea of military school as a, as like a, as an elementary school thing is very, very odd and strange to me. Um, now of course there's post-secondary military academies and of course military academies that you can go into when you're in, um, uh, high school and whatnot, but, I don't know why you would do that. Carly, you might know a little bit more about that. Do you know if they, if those exist? Uh, for high school? Yeah. I don't, that I don't know about. Um, no, not to, not to any extent. I wonder or, if it's, uh, yeah. it's almost a, more of a U.S. thing though. That wouldn't um, surprise me. They have over yeah. a million people in their armed forces. 
Yeah. So like, I mean, this is a good time to kind of put the call out to listeners, especially U S listeners to let us know a, what you know about military school in the U S B did you go to military school? C are you a better person for it? <laughs> um, cause I, I'm legit here. I, I don't think I know anybody who's gone to military school, uh, again, because the concept concept is so foreign to me, but also I don't think it's that prevalent in Canada. No. Um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm legit curious to know if this idea of sending like little miscreants, uh, little 10 year old brats to military school, if it actually does kind of, make them realize, hey, I should be a better person and not do pranks all the time. Now we learn in this episode that Bart has that uh, that dubious um, result for maybe a minute. And then <laughs> uh, next episode, he's back to normal. So it's not like a, which, you know, is just the standard sitcom slash Simpsons thing, return to status quo. But we do see him become uh, arguably a better human he has more just confidence that end of the episode yeah where he's just like you know uh i i mom or whatever i can't remember what he says but sir you know I mean? yes sir he says sir yes. yes sir what is wrong with you why would he say i i this <laughs> you sure it wasn't i i mom he's not at the navy sure. isn't that a different episode that's a different episode that's Simpson yeah. tide we'll did get i watch to the wrong episode <laughs> we'll get to the navy alan hold your horses <laughs> all right Jeez. so we got army navy What's next? Marine. Air Force. Air Force. Air Force. Uh, and they yeah. did that in Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're hitting God, all, this show is amazing. We're hitting them all. Them all. Yeah. yeah. Classic. All Classic. the branches of the armed forces, uh, except the Marines, because they're elite. So, so this episode is obviously, uh, two. it's got kind of a two-pronged uh storyline that converges into the military school lisa and bart both mm-hmm. having different experiences at school uh or on a field trip i guess i love um, this first act <laughs> so funny so great it's so funny and they and they converge perfectly yeah the wiggum stuff or like the police station stuff is so good like very funny stuff happening there and then uh they they treat lisa's character really well as well uh with her feeling not challenged uh, in school. It's really hard to argue with that too. Yeah. Because then the well, stupider the- students would be in the office furrowing their brows in a vain <laughs> attempt to understand the situation. That made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it's so good. It's For so- a few minutes. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, almost a perfect encapsulation of the education system <laughs> in one sentence. Yeah, it just, is. We're going to just teach directly to the middle, maybe yeah. a little lower yeah. and please don't have any complaints. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing our best here. <laughs> We're just going to, and I don't know about you guys, but the Miss Hoover just like showing movies. Um, I remember in school, the best day was when the teacher is like, all right, we're going to watch a movie today. Oh, hang on. Hungover teacher day is the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the best because that's make no mistake. That's why that happened. Oh yeah. A lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. They do not want then, to talk or have lights on. <laughs> yep. They're hung over. Greg, let me know if this is your experience yeah. at our middle school, but they only <laughs> had like three movies and it was <laughs> the princess bride. And nice. then, the other one, which I always thought was a weird choice, was Mr. Holland's Opus. They totally Richard had, yes, they totally had the Opus. 
And we used to watch that in band just like on repeat. And we're like, are we supposed to get something out of this? Like, what are we doing? Okay, so when I was referring to playing a movie, it was like an educational film, like in Lisa's class. And maybe they're not great educational films, but it wasn't like just we're going to watch a fantasy filled romp with Carrie Elwes and Robin Wright. That sounds amazing. Teach a story story structure. It does. It's, it's it's high literature and it's also i think the movie i've seen the most in my life hey i love that movie that's what i'm saying like i'm jealous i'm like sad our, te- our teachers weren't ever like let's watch a really good movie that you know maybe we can glean some leaning from it was like i'm gonna put on this episode of bill nye because you're in science oh, class, yeah which like was super fun but that's the best day that's easily yeah. the best day yeah <laughs> bill nye was great he was the ultimate hungover science teacher and then even like history class, uh, those are the worst ones for me because I just didn't give a shit about history. Um, That's a shame. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm doomed to repeat it. You are. Uh, <laughs> but they'd just be like, all right, we're going to watch a video about, you know, the Nazis or whatever. And I'd be like, uh, boo. <laughs> and they think watched... I was like an objector to Nazism, but I was an objector to history. <laughs> And that's fair. We spent one entire class watching just the Canada History Minutes. Oh, back yeah. to back that's to back. Great. I would love that, actually. <laughs> it was actually, it, it was amazing. It is how I know who Laura Secord is. Of course. And it was an excellent use of time because you're just like, bam, I got it. I got the whole country. I got the you whole country. You know how basketball was invented? Yes, exactly. I need the, yeah. these baskets back. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, you can't carry it. You have to dribble it like this. Uh, for our non-canadian listeners (laughs) look up canadian heritage minutes and like if you want i mean enjoy it's they're They're great great. and it's just every canadian it's instilled in every canadian's brain they were on every tv station all the time and just to like be like hey you guys you know how like the u.s uh did a lot of things in history canada did too check check it out look at this boat do you yeah. like this boat? <laughs> it's on a dime. But a Why? Canadian dime. Hey, you guys remember oh Superman? Well, Canadian helped with that. So there he you go. helped oh, up. Yeah. Didn't create it, but helped. Lois. He's literally like getting on a train and just like passes a single sheet of paper. And they're like, yep. and that's where and Superman like, came from. Yep. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. 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 Oh my God. Why, Those things are poo? great. I don't know. It's just adorable. Poo. It's yeah, it's excellent. That's what that's that that's the kind of that reminds me of the film strips that they were watching in Lisa's class, uh, mm-hmm. the sand and the moon. Um, <laughs> however, I really would love to talk about about the moon. Uh, yeah, ske- the sketch film strip. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it is. it's so great. It's like a Cold War. It's a relic from the Cold War. Uh, what was it? It's like uh, by 1967, we predict we'll have 64. 13, 64. They were calling their shot at 64. It was like it's so clearly before Kennedy even made the moonshot speech. Uh, and they're like for years, 13 colonies or whatever on the moon. Yeah, and yeah. and they say for years, Earth's moon has fascinated many. <laughs> for not not decades, not centuries, for years. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, I, also, I, I mean, I do like the sand one as well because we don't see it; we just hear it. Yeah, 
and like the 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 lead up to it where it's like whatever you're thinking of glass or like i can't remember all the things they list but it's like just remember you couldn't have done it without sand 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 the end very funny i mean so not the time to bring it up but there's actually a sand shortage in the world no (laughs) and this guy wrote a book about it and he was on a podcast that I listened to describing that like because of all the uses of sand in making concrete and the use of concrete buildings, we're actually running out of sand. So no, it is a fascinating is... topic. Well, should you, you wish to quit wasting in. sand, everybody? Well, plug that <laughs> right. Plug that podcast. What's the podcast? Oh, um, that was oh no, it fell out of my head. 99% invisible with okay. Roman oh, Mars. Yeah. 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 I'm familiar with that one, but I've never. Oh, it's it's delightful. But they did this whole thing about the sand shortage and how there's like sand mafias and stuff. Or I guess just sand mafia. Is that the plural? I'm not going to worry about it. But yeah. So the, ne- so the next time you're walking on the beach, enjoying an hourglass <laughs> or making cheap low-grade windshields, think <laughs> where we'd be without sand. I had to get that quote because it's so good. Of course, it's good. Oh, it's, gold. it's good, better, best. Enjoying hourglasses. Enjoying, enjoying an hourglass. That I mean, sounds who, like- who among us isn't ever enjoying hourglasses? Uh, board game players, uh, old detectives. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, villains. <laughs> villains, sure. When yeah, yeah, you have this much time before I kill you, Mr. Yeah. Bond. Yeah. Yeah, you know who's not enjoying it is Jasmine when she gets stuck in that one. Just that's saying. true. That's she yeah. she's very much. Well, I mean, she might be enjoying it at first. It's like nice on her feet, but then she's like, oh, too too much. Nope. She Drowning. seems worried. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Too much sand. Um, oh, princess, your time is up. Have you, have, have you, Carly? Have you seen the the new Aladdin? No. The twenty nineteen Aladdin. No, but I, I, I am fully in love with the man who plays Aladdin. Oh, sure, sure, sure. He's a very handsome in that man. Zone. Yeah, he's he is. Handsome. That is a handsome man yeah. who watched a Raptors game the same time I watched a Raptors game, and they showed him in the audience. And oh, I was like, so you're basically that's a good looking dude. Yeah, you're you're, basically, yeah, you're basically dating. <laughs> pretty we we are betrothed yes thank you. <laughs> uh, it's, um it's a very bad film don't watch it yeah <laughs> okay bad, i'm uncomfortable with that yeah. i'm i'm too in love with the original to really branch out anyway yeah it's one of the ugliest movies i've ever seen in my life it's one and of those... you've seen cats and i've <laughs> seen cats yeah i have seen cats you were there when i left to go watch cats I was there when you uh, came back, times. more importantly. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> Just right. shell-shocked like a different man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one where I... Seen some shit. Yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, well, everybody else is seeing this, so... But you I know, was I, wrong. Not everybody else it. was seeing it. No, I no, didn't see it. It's a, I still haven't it's, seen it. It's like a $100 million write-off for Universal Studios. Um, Resi winner. Yeah, they're not doing well. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, few movie companies are. Few movie companies are doing very well. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Did you see what they're doing with the Invisible Man? You can like, you can rent it for twenty dollars, but you won't own it. Okay, that's a bit of a hail mary. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird. It's supposed even, to be good, though. even though it was like, yeah, it rules. I saw it in theaters. It's fantastic. Yeah. When those were still a seeing thing. things in theaters, Remember what an old fashioned sentence. What's yeah. a theater? Remember those? Well, it was a place. You mean a, you mean a home theater? No, I mean a I mean a movie theater. You see, it what? was a it was a place where people used to come and congregate and. Ah, uh, you're thinking of movie palaces from the from the twenties. That's right. <laughs> you could go the in. 20s. It would have been like later than that. Anyway. And just for thirty dollars, you could see a movie and have a <laughs> and have a tub of popcorn. 
with a bunch of people all around you making noise so you miss parts yeah. and being too afraid to pee and coughing on <laughs> the back you of your imagine? neck and 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 farting in their chairs wandering the aisles looking at their ticket and the numbers on the seats and like, yelling out james <laughs> where are you james wade <laughs> james wait, <was> <laughs> uh, yeah i still um, do that oh good <laughs> even though he's not in the theater always no great one day he'll answer and he'll be like, ah. Ah. And then I'll give him a hug. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It's been a long time. <laughs> All right. Uh, where were we? Act two. We were right. <laughs> sure. They get sent to the movie. I mean, we were talking we were talking about the movies, uh, sand, etc. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they, Are we it, it converges. The... Go ahead. <laughs> Are we gonna skip over the fact that we don't know what happens to Miss Hooper? Is she just <laughs> Oh yeah, she's just weird. gone. Her car is gone. Yeah, it's yeah, her... gone. She leaves. <laughs> she just leaves. But I really appreciate the fact that Lisa didn't rat her out. She goes to the principal's office and just lists all the dumb stuff they've done, and oh, isn't yeah. like, by the way, Ms. also Hooper's the teacher's gone. missing. <laughs> she has. Oh, she keeps saying she Hooper. Has it's herself. Hooper. It's what now? Hoover, like the vacuum. Is it really? Yeah. 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 Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't mean to like, like call you out because I don't really care that much. I just I just know listeners might be like like wow you're supposed to be an encyclopedic companion of all things Simpsons. He's one through ten. That's inter- you know what you're a professional and I will not step on your toes at all. Thank I you. Totally appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I do love that she's she's just gone uh, and we never find out what happened. She just went yeah. home, I presume. But I mean, who knows? Something nefarious, maybe. I think she was hungover and just had to leave. <laughs> Yeah, like she had to go get a cheeseburger immediately. Yeah, like she like timed it out. She's like, "All right, the moon, the the moon video is about ten minutes long. Uh, There's about fifteen minutes left in class. I think I can, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, please. (laughs) Probably didn't come back. Yeah, kids will be fine for five minutes, and then they'll go to their next class or or lunch. Yeah, lunch. However, fucking elementary school works. You've had the same teacher all the time. That's true. Yeah, homeroom was like your whole day. It was just, yeah, you just have the same teacher every day, all day for a year. And like, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird how like once you hit high school, it's like, no, no, you have a different teacher for every class. No wonder. Teachers have different specialties. (laughs) No wonder they called like, like some kids would call their teacher's mom. Yeah. 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 Like for real or other with them all day. It makes sense. It really does. At a certain age, it's like, well. You're, I guess you're my mom. That's what now. you're conditioned to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, on Bart's side, he does a Bart esque stunt and puts, I, I always liked that, the, the image of that and putting all of the uh, megaphones up in a row and just yelling testing into them. Uh, and the big. Now, did, uh, did Mythbusters ever do this? This one? Yeah. I have no idea. Seems like something they would do. It seems like a very cartoony, like clearly cartoony, clearly wouldn't work, but it's a cartoon. But I don't know. I don't know if it wouldn't work. Until you see Adam bust that myth. I need to see, I need to see that myth busted. (laughs) Otherwise I'm going to presume it's true. It's how I live my life, Greg. You know this. Yeah. You know, there was one myth in Mythbusters that sticks with me to this very day because it's so commonly brought back again. And mm. it's the uh, shooting a gun underwater. Oh yeah, yeah. how yeah. ineffective that is! Like mm-hmm. the like the bullet just goes like, 
<laughs> and John Wick 3 does that. Oh, yeah. In in one scene, like, they fire bullets from the gun and just goes bloop, bloop, yeah. well, harmlessly. That, those movies are scientifically sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. They're Carly, perfect. thoughts? John yeah. Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum? No, but I did just watch the Archer episode where he shoots a shark in the face underwater, and I'm feeling I'm feeling tricked and betrayed, I'm being totally honest. <laughs> Well, that's what you get for, you know, watching Archer. I don't know. What's <laughs> that show's fine. Yeah. It's a great show. I'm gonna write a strongly worded letter to the producers and be like, How dare yeah. you? How, how dare you? Here's the Mythbusters episode. <laughs> Govern yourself accordingly. They even use like the biggest gun ever, like the fifty caliber sniper rifle from Miami Vice, and it just like the cool. bullet when it hit just, the water just shattered. Cool. Because wow. of the change Weird. in density. It was really cool. Wouldn't the person be hurt doing that? What person? Like the person firing the gun? No, they were above water. Um, oh, shooting into the water. Into the water. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like they were they were underwater shooting a gun. And they did that too. Okay. And no, he wasn't hurt. Okay, good. Glad to hear. Glad to hear there wasn't a weird Mythbusters snuff episode. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's what eight millimeters about. Oh. <laughs> another joel schumacher film uh, oh, see that's no no it's not come on yes it is i know i know <laughs> and that's what i mean every time i'm like that can't be a joel schumacher but of course it is uh shoomy 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 the lost boys that's a schumacher sure is he's a wild one he's a crazy guy uh, so they go to military school they sure do <laughs> and lisa wants to stay and bart doesn't <laughs> this is another reason why I wanted you on this, Carly, because oh, yeah, that the, made sense to me. The only time that I've ever gone to a camp, I didn't want to be there. Mm. I immediately I'm wanted sure. to quit and go home. When did you go to camp? Horseback riding camp. <laughs> okay, horse camp was amazing. Yeah. It would have been the two differing Wilson opinions. Like that's the thing. Um, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been amazing if I wasn't an idiot, but I'm an idiot. So it wasn't. Um, <laughs> you have, I, you should edit this out when I'm done talking about it. Give me a second. 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 Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, the funnest thing about horse camp is the fact that our father went with us and they didn't know that an adult man was also coming. They thought it was three Wilson children, John, Greg, and Carly. And then dad's just standing there and they're like, you're also here. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, you're John. He's like, sure thing. And we all have like our rubber boots on from Canadian tire that we bought specifically for horseback riding. And then they pull out this like big ass horse named Alice because that's the only one they have big enough for an adult man who got to go to a horse camp. And then he got to ride during craft time because he didn't have to participate. And I didn't think about any of this critically until like this year. And I texted him. I was like, dad, to be clear, did you use one of your two vacation weeks to attend horse camp with your children? And he's like, of course. And I was like, why? And he's like, I wanted to learn how to ride a horse. Wait, wait, for context, how old were you kids? I would have been seven maximum. Nine maximum. (laughs) 
these two tiny children and an adult man. Greg, you're like, in the room right now. You're John. Is the horse picture on the wall? Uh, no, she took it down. She uh-huh. took it down. Yeah. There's there's a picture of the three of us each on our horses proudly. Like it's incredible. Yeah, this isn't getting cut. Is, I'm leaving this in. This is brilliant. Is, okay, because it's gold. Yeah, like I keep amazing. telling people about it. Yeah. That is so that's one camp so we all funny. Remember, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, really, it's on the the horse camp people for not doing their dil- due diligence and demanding uh, birth dates for everybody. I mean, if they asked and they saw 1963, I think they would have just been like, that means 93 and moved <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they meant 93, clearly. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> way, like, there's no way it's a 40-year-old man. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Anyway, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've been thinking a lot about camp. It struck so me I'm as the I'm most normal thing in the world. Oh, that's great. I that's did not time. find it weird until I went home one like a year ago and saw the pictures of all of us. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Adults only get two weeks vacation. So was what week was he doing camp? there? Yeah. Yeah, it was like and it so, wasn't a sleepaway camp though. Right. No, it wasn't a sleepaway. Oh, oh I see. But the, yeah. you said there's craft time and he wasn't he didn't need to participate in craft time. No, he would so just no, ride, ride, me, ride around a horse. Yeah, he would ride. Yeah, that's why he learned how to canter and the rest of us didn't. And it's because <laughs> he got extra horse times. Yeah, he actually like got more out of it than any of us. Yeah. I sense, I sense a, bit of, uh, a, a bit of a uh, cantankerousness in uh, you not being learning how to ca- how to canter. Well, to be perfectly... Saying... You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, that was cantankerous. That was good. <clears throat> yeah. It's well a bit done. of a stretch, but anyway. Well done. <laughs> To, um, to, to be perfectly honest, it was like this. It, it was it was this weird thing where like I I'm I'm much more open to trying that sort of thing now. I was just so scared of of new people and new things when I was a kid that I would immediately want to just not do that. You gave me a chance to go to a horseback riding camp right now. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Hey, I mean that's how I felt about like most of my learning in general, like school. Yeah. <laughs> like the stuff they made, the classes they like forced us to t- take essentially in university. I'm like, Ugh, like I'm so bored. And now I'd be like, yeah, hook me up with a fucking uh, film studies course or a fucking uh, uh, psychology course or even geography. Like any of those sound vastly more interesting to me now that I'm like 10 years out of, or how, I don't know how old I am. Uh, <laughs> you're 49 i'm yes you're right 49 so <laughs> so just in time to go to horseback camp that's right uh, exactly prime horseback camp age um but yeah like I, I love learning stuff now and i would like to i'm actually considering going back to school so we'll see it should be the time that you do it yeah yeah definitely not when you're 18 no when because, you're like i don't even know what i like yeah there's barely anything you can learn through one bloodshot eye oh I'm just saying I mean? there was, well, wow. it's just a lot of drinking and staying up really oh. late. <laughs> I was like, did someone hurt you, Greg? <laughs> so I was like, my mind immediately went to like, yeah. And I like, for help. And like, I was, no, I was drinking a lot and I would go to bed late and I would always run into things. So <laughs> yeah, I had like black eye, bloodshot eye, a limb. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just showing up looking like an abandoned pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> An abandoned pirate. I like abandoned pirate. Like, 
<laughs> I was like they had no the picture. Use for him anymore. Unceremoniously <laughs> tossed overboard. Yeah. And then you were just like, I might as well go to class. Even even this even this group of thieves who like don't have too many moral codes don't want you. Like No, oh. you're useless. You're a terrible blunderer. Get off the boat. <laughs> So we're at military school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we sure are. And Lisa wants to stay because it's a great, great thing. And we are introduced to the uh, lead instructor, commandant. the commandant, oh uh, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And That's great, Willem Dafoe? That's Willem Dafoe. The green goblin oh. himself. Yeah. Isn't he great? I was going to say he sounded just like that angelfish from Finding Nemo. This tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody touch him. Nobody touch him. Nobody touch him. He has to do it himself. You know, I hear you're quite the science whiz. No, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. Ah, we'll meet again, Spider-Man. Out, am I? (laughs) All right, you guys just watched all the Spider-Mans, didn't you? That's right. (laughs) Check out Patreon for our commentary. Oh, good Lord. They were fun. Uh, They were fun. However... (laughs) <laughs> Only listen to the second one if you consent to being vindicated. vindicated. I am selfish. I am, I am love. Love. <laughs> That's the one. So oh, good. shit. We got to put a disclaimer for this episode now. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just vindicated people without their consent. Oh, shit. We don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll, put it in the, I'll put it in the title. <laughs> anyway. Willem Dafoe. What do we think? He's in the guest house. What do you think about his performance? Here? I love it. I I think the the whole the whole concept that uh, Carly, you you know who Willem Dafoe is. Um, you I know do. you know his voice. You know, mm-hmm. but you weren't able to place him. I I didn't I didn't even cross my mind to think about who it was. I was just I was pretty wrapped up in the uh, female singers female motorist line <laughs> to get much further past who he was. That's the way things are going these days. Female Wait, singers. Wait, did he say female motorists? Sing- motorists, Fe- yeah. For some motorists. reason, I thought he said yeah. I thought he said moguls, which is still funny, no. but like motorists is way funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. But no, um, I now that you're saying that it's him, I want to rewatch it because it's so much funnier. <laughs> yeah. His performance is excellent. <gasps> I think. It is. It's a bit more like it's a it's it's a more laid back uh, guest appearance, and I think that's a big reason why maybe it didn't jump out to you right away as like being a guest star. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's very good. Yeah, and it's it's a great casting choice. Um, you know, it's like well, we already did uh, what Arlie Ermy for Colonel Happablap, so yep. we can't get him back. Let's get Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> And, he, and they nailed it. <laughs> they really did. And it's, he's not, it's interesting because he's not the guy that you think of when you think of like hard ass military guy, even though that's where he got famous. Playing. No, when I think Platoon? of Willem Dafoe, I think of Goblin, uh, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, uh, Goblinoid, <laughs> Angelfish, of course, um, uh, Boondock farting, Saints, Farting with the Pirate. Yeah, <laughs> big dick energy and antichrist. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lars von Trier films again and again and again. You know what's one of his best performances? No, the Florida Project. Oh, of course, he was nominated for an Oscar for it. And, well, listen, you oh. don't need the Academy to tell you. I'm telling. All you. right, you're telling me. <laughs> All right. 
um no he's he's very good uh they yeah they don't give him a lot uh i think that female <laughs> female motorist line is probably his his biggest like joke line as it were i um, love his description of the eliminator and when he says gentlemen yes. welcome to flavor welcome to country flavor country yeah it's yeah that doesn't make any sense no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. No, it's, but just, it's great. It's just, a, it's just a slogan for a cigarette company. Okay, yeah. I had just a moment where I was like, "Okay, he's saying a bunch of stuff." I'm like, "I'm finding more of it funny than the first time I watched this as a child." And then I was like, "Welcome to Flavor Country." In three seconds, that that idiom's gonna hit me. <laughs> no, I still don't get it. Damn it! <laughs> I think it was him. So this is how I interpreted it. It, it is a it is a Marlboro cigarette uh, uh, campaign slogan or whatever. Um, and he's describing the eliminator and he's saying welcome to flavor country as in like this is the peak of mm. this academy and like to him it's like mm, num, 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 num. like <laughs> this is where we get to separate the men from the boys and etc uh <laughs> <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> in this instance um and so that's why like because yeah I, I had that thought too i'm like what does that mean in this context and so i actually thought about it this time and i'm like yeah i think he's okay. just saying like this is like peak military proving your worthiness uh scenario and he's an old guy so he probably likes marlboro cigarettes i don't know yeah i mean the rope has a blister factor of 12 it's not it's true that's a a big factor (laughs) i like his disdain for the supreme court uh yeah as as we all do both federal and state (laughs) just fun fact (laughs) all levels pre-kavanaugh um, exactly <laughs> but so okay so let's 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 dive in a bit lisa uh lisa's arc in this episode obviously is kind of the focus right um her deciding to stay and then kind of immediately causing disdain amongst her peers <laughs> through no fault of her own really it's like because they're like well this is the girl's bunk now so everyone needs to move um you know it's like it's one of those things where it's it's you can understand uh why there's like uh like just immediate hatred of her um but eventually for me it's like come on guys like <laughs> seize up a bit <laughs> just like being pieces of shit i don't know it's true <laughs> it's true they're they're they don't really have any um they don't really have any any reason to be the way that they are and is there it's a girl is there ever any kind of resolution to that like you know like bart hugs her and like that's kind of it like the boys never get a comeuppance or anything right no they don't they they don't ever really get a comeuppance um yeah it's so misses the mark a bit there for me where i kind of wish there was some kind of learning uh opportunity for everyone except bart because uh, Bart gets that learning opportunity, and but it's like it's because it's his sister, and less so because maybe you just shouldn't be a dick to people. Uh, it actually kind of reminds me of um, the the commentary that you got from a lot of uh, Republican political members after the Access Hollywood tapes came out, and the general takeaway: they're like, "I have a mother, I have a daughter, and that's why this is wrong." You're like, "Or and hear me out, women." as a whole it's wrong but the only way whether they they're related to, to you it, or not yeah yeah but like the only connection they can make is like i have daughters and this is just and like bart's having his i have a sister 
moment. And you're like, great. That's how you got to do it. Apparently like one at a time. (laughs) That's That's how we'll get them. Yeah. One step at a time. (laughs) It's still relatively early in Bart's life though. This is this is like 10 is about the time where you're starting to understand what empathy is. On a base level. On a base level. You're not, you're not going to be there until you're, well, you might not ever get there, but mm-hmm. hopefully this is a step in the right direction for him. I, I, I actually do like Bart in this episode. Yeah. yeah. I think he's he's pretty sweet in that he wants to, he's genuinely concerned about her well-being. And he never acts maliciously towards her. He He's trying to get through this just as much as she is. Well, and it's interesting that they they make the story... Um, where both of them are being quote unquote punished um, for the first chunk. And then at some point they're like, you know what, Bart, you've proven yourself. You're one of us now. It's the hazing ritual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but Lisa is like still on the outs with them. Yeah. Well, then Bart has to have that, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the cool kids, but I want my sister to be, but I don't want to like out myself as it were to, to stick up for her until the end, of course. But, and that's like his, his arc, right. Is like, like, fuck these guys. I'm just going to stand up for her anyway. And it's a, it's a sweet moment. Now, would you have liked to see personally, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of what the military Academy was doing rather than it was mostly the hazing. Like when they got there, it was mostly hazing and then uh, killing practice and then the eliminator. Right. We didn't really see anything going on in class apart from what Lisa saw on her first tour. Well, they, I mean, they did go into town and get that great corn. Oh, you got to mm, get that corn. That was worth it. Worth it for the corn. Yeah. <laughs> but we really didn't see them behaving in any academic way, like learning yeah. anything or taking tests or anything like that. Um, it was pretty much exclusively the military side of military academy. Yeah. And it, it also makes me think, I, I mean, obviously like plot of the episode is why this all happens, but um, if Lisa really was feeling unchallenged in school, just be like, Hey, move me up a couple grades, <laughs> like, like a normal smart kid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not go to military school. Like that's, that's bananas to me. Cause Have you especially seen... for, with what we see where it's just like, they're doing physical stuff. And like, like you said, killing practice and that kind of thing. It's not like, like what she's interested in, which is academic stuff. Have you seen the episode where they actually send her up a grade? I don't recall. No, it's bad. Do you know what it's called? I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't then I, don't I know. probably don't know it. <laughs> um, but she like she discovers that she can't hack it. Oh, and that's mm, I don't like that. Yeah, that doesn't track. No, no it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't make no. any sense. They systematically she definitely. Yeah, they systematically could, ruin everyone's character throughout yeah. the show. Yeah. very quickly, but. Because like even in Bart's grade, which is two two grades up, like she would crush it. <laughs> yeah, she really would. Based yeah. on what we see in Bart's class. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Like a lot of things. It just doesn't track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Bart and Lisa, I, I, I really like their relationship. This, this, this is one that reminds me a lot of uh, like Lisa on Ice. Um, just of them... Like there could be a possibility for rivalry here, but they never really take it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that they're that they're both on the same page, and that Bart is uh, trying his best to to look out for her. Um, and then then 
like she has like those those really great moments where she's talking on the phone to grandpa and she gets oh. and she gets the package from from Marge and I uh, this part wrecked me this time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I am comfortable saying that when she was listening to the tape I welled up. And I was yeah. like, "Really, Simpsons?" Yeah. I did I too. think part of that could be like, you know, we're all in a state of constant fear and forced isolation from the people that we care about. Yep. And that reflects in an interesting way when you're watching cartoons. But like, as soon as she heard her mom's voice, I was like, I'm not talking to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're okay. Yeah. It's a, that's a great moment. I, I like, yeah. and then the, you are my sunshine. Oh yeah. It's very sweet. And it's a very, it's a very Marge thing, um, which is very lovely too. Uh, uh, the thing I want to say too is that I like that because I feel like they could have easily made the Eliminator moment, uh, you know, Lisa like couldn't even get up there kind of thing, mm. and that's when he starts. But like I like that she she's she's going for it, you know, like she's she's halfway through is when she starts to like feel like she maybe can't continue, um, and that's when Bart just she just needs a little encouragement from Bart and then she can do it. And I, I like that they went that way with her rather than just be like I can't I can't and then he tells her she can and she just does it really well like she tries her best right from the get-go even though everyone seemingly was against her doing it and that was i think a great character moment for her it really was she she's constantly it shows that she's she she's she's always herself she's always wanting to be challenged and she's always ready to she she puts her money where her mouth is like it won't get in the way of her wanting to finish this Mm -hmm. But I do think the main problem with the episode is that we don't ever see her being challenged in the way that she wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I would agree with that. And that you also don't get to see her excelling in the way that she would want to. Like, yeah. why would it be that important to Lisa that she can crawl across that rope except that she has to complete it? Yeah. That's like, why would it. she want to aim for that in the first place? Yeah. It's it's and very visual and very literal. <laughs> and I understand why they would do that in the context of the uh, cartoon medium. But I think, I think too, that the, um, like, it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if it was uh, kind of a two pronged approach, right. Where you see her excelling at the academic stuff, but struggling with the physical stuff. And that's why she's, she's struggling in general. And it's, but, but at least she still has that, like, at least I like the thing I like to do, I know I'm good at, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when she comes down, <laughs> she has her hands up in the air. <laughs> and she's like, you said I couldn't do it, but I did it and I could do it again. Let's do it again. You can put your arms down now. I can't. They're stuck. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's one of my favorite line readings in the episode. Yeah. The way she says, I can't. They're stuck. <laughs> yeah. She's got some. Uh, Yardley Smith is great in this episode. I think she's. I think her line readings are very, very Lisa and very, very funny for mm. the most, for the most part. Like when she's, when she's on the rope and she's, uh, and, and she's, she's like, if I was back in Springfield, all my friends would be cheering me on. Oh, God, God, I'm, I'm delirious. Delirious. <laughs> it's, um, it's really funny. Like, and the, and bees, bees. That was so good. It's I completely so forgot good. what happened to her up there and <laughs> the bees really made me laugh. That and like, I I really loved the line about her 
being delirious because she thought she had friends that felt <laughs> that hit me where I lived a bit oh. <laughs> where like you have those moments where you're like, if only I was, I, I remember thinking that when we were like kids right after we moved to Alberta and I was like, if I was back in Port Elgin, I'd be surrounded by all of my friends. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> like stop kidding yourself, kid. Yeah. You've never had those. <laughs> Your friends when you're little are just people who lived next door. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I've had that moment out here in Toronto, too, where I'm just like, if I was back in Victoria, I'd be with all my people. No, you wouldn't. With one friend. Like, just, who is this relationship you're dreaming about being in? <laughs> who's this posse you think is following you around? It's never been there. Shake it off. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm comfortable with it. I'm not upset. If anything, isolation has really taught me how much of an introvert I really am. <laughs> I'm happy here. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of, people are just blowing up my phone. Tell them to shut up. Because I got so many friends. Greg? <laughs> <laughs> now it's not the time. <laughs> um, well, uh, anything else you want to say about the episode in general? Before we move on to the reference desk, I think it's a really good episode. I like that they fool the kid, fool Bart, and then both Bart and Lisa into thinking that they're going to Disneyland. I think it's a good joke. Classic. Yep. Yep. That's good stuff. I think they're monsters, and it's funny. (laughs) They absolutely are. I thought that Bart cheering on Lisa was really, oh, you know, I should have checked the dates on it. Um, Really reminiscent of um, the scene in Matilda when the kid Bruce Bogtrotter is eating the giant chocolate cake. You can do it, Brucey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it was very, you can do it, Bruce. This episode's 97. Matilda came out in 1996, but the book came out earlier and that scene's in the book. So mm-hmm. yeah. Could have gone either way. Yeah. yeah. But I, that I wrote down that it was like Matilda moment. So yeah. Well, what a great um, movie. Great movie. Yeah. I'm big. You're small. I'm smart. You're dumb. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I like the episode. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Um, it's good. Uh, it's not a favorite. It's it's not high up there for me. Um, I think also, like I mentioned this in our last episode, it's weird that the spinoff showcase uh, happens right before this because that feels more like a, a finale kind of episode. It does. And so it's weird that like we get this one after that and it's just like, Oh, here's another narrative episode. Sorry. But it's also an end of year episode. It is. And that's why it makes sense. But it's like, it's just weird that that spinoff one is in there. It's almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, but it's almost like they ordered too many episodes. You don't say. You You think 25 episodes is too much for me? I think it might be. Four or five too many. Yeah. Remember when they want to do like three clip shows a year? Yeah, that was uh, bonkers. Yeah. Fools. Um, all right. Reference desk. The episode title is based on the secret war of Harry Frigg. Of course. Which is which is a 80s film I've yep. never seen. Um, classic. The uh, octopus on Frank's face. Kind of reminiscent of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That was good. <laughs> uh, Bart shooting the targets and then miss, seemingly missing one, being like, did I? That's like, uh, apparently that happens in Moonraker, the Bond film. Of course. Sure. I figured you would know. I don't know those movies. I haven't seen Moonraker. I, oh, I, there's, you haven't raked the moon? No, there's a few There's a few Bond movies that I just can't bring myself to watch, and it's 
all the Roger Moore Bond movies. See, I, I'm like more interested in the weird, wacky ones like Bond Goes to Space than I am any of the other ones. See, so, I've seen Live and Let Die. Sounds great. That's his first uh, one, and it's the voodoo one. And I'm cool. like, and I'm like, I'm out. No. <laughs> and then I saw The Man with the Golden Goon, and. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. And, wait, the man with the golden gun gun? Yes. Um, he has uh, gold-plated Jar Jar Binks, and James Bond has to steal it for national security. Um, uh, sipped in the poodle. God, these though. cuts are deep. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, a yeah, U2 Star kill. Wars. That's such a deep cut. Have you ever heard of Star Wars? <laughs> is it? Let's get in the Wayback it, Machine and talk about a little-known <laughs> film called Star Wars. <laughs> Is it based on a book? Like, what are you guys talking about? Is it published in Penguin Classics? Because otherwise I don't have it. Uh, that's right. You're an English major, not a Sith major. All right. Uh, What's a Sith major? Exactly. I'm kidding. I've seen all three okay. movies. Oh, yeah. All yeah. three movies? All three. All three movies. <laughs> We will not speak of it again. Uh, <laughs> see all three Star Wars. Yeah, Jesus, leave me alone. Um, see the Phantom Star, Menace. That's Star, that's Star see the Attack Lord of the Clerps. And Revenge of the Perps. Those are actually the three I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I will not watch anymore. Uh, Nirvana, the band, the show. Uh, for any listeners out there, please check it out. It's one of the best shows ever made. It's Canadian. But... There's an episode where one of the characters claims to have seen Star Wars and gets like the VHS tapes as a gift. And he's like, oh, yeah, Star- I love Star Wars. He's like, have you seen Star Wars? And he's like, yes, of course. And he clearly hasn't. And just like he's like, who's that guy? And he points to Luke on the on the cover. He's like, well, that's the store, the Star Lord himself. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, uh, Marlboro cigarettes, flavor country. We mentioned that. And then uh, it's it's kind of subtle, but at the very end of the episode, when they're driving to the dentist and claiming it's Disneyland, the music sting is very reminiscent of It's a Small World <laughs> from Disneyland. Weird. So did you and mention Kingdom. did you mention Rommelwood? Uh, I didn't. Is that a reference you know? Because I didn't. Yes, it's a reference to uh, Erwin Rommel, the uh, Nazi general. Oh, wow. I know. That's why it's a really funny joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's an American military academy named Rommelwood. That's they messed up. <laughs> it's very funny. I was um, prepared for the whole episode to be a reference to GI Jane. Oh, totally. But then it wasn't. It was not. Which I was kind of like, "Where's the part where Lisa shaves her head?" And it just never got there. Well, I do yeah, believe she- GI Jane in and of itself is a misnomer because she's training. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But to be a Navy SEAL. No, she's trained to be a Marine. A Marine. Call dad. All right. <laughs> I don't remember. Call dad. Dad? Get him on. Get him on the line. We get, don't know. We'll get we'll get my dad on the horn here. Well, here's a fun <laughs> fact for you. G.I. Jane came out August 22nd, 1997, three months after this episode aired. Oh, there you go. Oh, my God. That's why there's no reference to it. Because literally when she's like. is inspired by this episode oh man that makes so much sense because when she's sitting on her bed and like she's like i can do this and like coming up with plans and stuff i was like yeah go shave your head do the one-arm push-up like you're ready and then it never came but now that makes sense uh that's a ridley scott movie huh yes it is 
<laughs> that's another director that I'm like, what's your I don't deal? know his oeuvre that well. Yeah. What's your and then deal? it's like, you remember, remember Thelma and Louise, that that's Ridley him. Scott film? I'm like, what? <laughs> remember G.I. Jane, that movie where he, was, guy? where he was trying to do the same thing? Remember Black Hawk um, Down, where he made that movie a see, year, that, less that than tracks, a year after Gladiator? <laughs> that tracks more for me, though. Yeah, like Gladiator to Black Hawk Down, that makes sense. What about Matchstick like, Men? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what about film. the Russell Crowe film, A Good Year? <laughs> I mean, dude, that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> I've never heard of that before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> see? Therefore, um, doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like his later career, like, basically post-Gladiator, all makes sense to me. Matrix Men is maybe the one kind of miss, like, weird one in a way, because it's like a heist comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and then, but like, Thelma and Louise and Legend and uh, Alien and Blade Runner are like so different to me, like all those movies, you know? Anyway, um, that was it for references. Do we have a favorite joke? Well, uh, I'll let the guest go first. Oh, okay. I did not write it down <laughs> verbatim, but oh. <laughs> my favorite joke is what Skinner said about the stupid students. Um, <laughs> that, that absolutely slayed me. <laughs> it was like, we can't, Lisa, because the stupidest kids will come in here, their brows all furrowed, trying to understand. <gasps> I liked that a lot. That was great. I love, I love that he's painted such a picture in his mind of what would happen to their brows all furrowed. Like, I feel like he's had it happen once before. Like he no. was just like, no. And you know what? There's more of them than there are of you. This is one <laughs> conversation. That time I did it, it was 50. I don't have the time nor the inclination to try again. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, mine is going to be uh, Marge saying to Lisa, if you ever want to quit and come home, just call. And then Bart saying, I want to quit, quit and, and come, come home. home. Smash cut to them in uniform now. <laughs> I want to quit and come home. And then Marge says, oh, honey, I heard you the first time. And then gets in the car. They drive away. That's a great that Marge line. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. The way Julie Kavner, the, the way Julie Kavner reads that line is so funny. <laughs> that made me weep on your behalf. Oh, <laughs> Like that made me deeply sad because I was like, how many times have Greg and I been somewhere and they've been like turned to me and been like, if you want to come home, just call. And Greg's been like, I want to come home. And they're like, mm-hmm. nah, that's nice, Greg. <laughs> Did they do that? I don't know. But I'm just remembering that time that we flew on an airplane by ourselves. They're really concerned that I was going to get upset. And I remember you just being like, get me off the plane. I don't want to go on the plane. Please don't make me go. And they're like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe that's why I don't remember shit. <laughs> that was the one. That was the scar. It was the airplane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Alan? Uh, oh, uh, I had, so uh, honorable mentions were I can't, they're stuck. Um, yeah. it's, it was just very funny the way she re- read that line. Uh, and also just like the two instances of Bart being like caught by the cops. God, those were funny. So like when it's like go play in the garage or whatever, and then like there's a scene happens, and then later it's just him on the riding lawnmower and a cop chase, like following him. Very good, very good joke. And then just kind of like a spiritual uh, callback to that joke when he's like, "I'll get out of here. No military can hold me." And just immediately, woo, he's like in the back of the looking all dejected. Very good. But I think my favorite joke was actually the uh, the visual uh, of Skinner uh, about to enter his car. 
<laughs> and the car being blown up. <laughs> Which like makes you think, like, did Bart could Bart see that? Did he know he was about to get in his car, or was he just going for the car, knowing exactly where it is, and almost murdered his principal? I think it's the latter. <laughs> yeah. Likely not for the first time. A few seconds later and he would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. But I just love that shot of him like stunned with the keys, clearly like <laughs> inserting the keys into the car and then it explodes in front of him. And uh, he's not hurt. He's just covered in ash. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> it's so, so funny. Uh, episode MVP. I mean, it's Lisa for me. Yeah, me too. Mm. I got to say Lisa. I think Yardley Smith delivers a great performance in this episode. She's really funny and really relatable and just a great character. Lisa's the best. It's lovely. Yep. It's lovely. Yeah. Carly? Episode MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I go Lisa. It's a bit of a toss-up because I really like Bart as well. Yeah. In his own, like he was just so sympathetic when he's like, "I want to quit and come home." Yeah. <laughs> like I just, I want to quit and come home. <laughs> the way he says it the second time. Yeah, like remember guys, how you said that guys. that's what I have to say. Honey, I heard you the first time. I heard time. you the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cold. It's funny because it's oh. like the first time he says it, they don't say anything. Yeah. So you can imagine he's just like, "Oh, they didn't hear me." <laughs> I'll try again. No, no, no. We heard you. We just aren't going to answer. Aww. Yeah. Uh, Little body. Well, that's it. That's it. We're done season eight. We did it. That's crazy. Aww, congratulations, guys. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. it. We did it. It's absolutely insane that we made it all this way. It is. Season eight. In five years. Yeah. When's eight. our anniversary? When's our anniversary? Yeah. Do you remember? It's in April. Is it April? Okay. I think so. It's coming up then. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a season eight recap and a five year anniversary special. Uh, in between? In between season nine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So expect- I mean, we usually do a recap anyway. Yeah. We'll no, I'm do saying that. We'll, yeah. we'll make one episode both things. Oh. Oh. And oh. I mean, unless you want to do two. I don't know. Alan, you don't want to do like just a special anniversary episode? Well, I just, I, I always wonder if we have enough content to get us through a, a, a season recap. We do our top five episodes, but. What else do we do? <laughs> we only have to talk for like an hour. That's true. You guys don't seem to have trouble talking like a lot. No, so. no, especially right now. Yeah. I crave human interaction. <laughs> exactly. It's an easy way to get guests too. You're it's like, true. do you want to yeah. like go on like a two hour Zoom chat with your brother? I'm like, yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when? Sign me up. Like, yeah, I'm working. Like, so. So I think what we need to do for our five-year anniversary is assemble every single guest we've ever had into one Zoom chat. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds totally doable. And it's okay, because we if we if we have admin controls, we can mute them all and unmute them as we see fit. Right, sure. So James, weigh in on this one. Boop. Uh, uh, here's what uh, I think. That's my James. That's a know. great James. Spot on. <laughs> he yeah. always sounded like a millhouse to me. <laughs> he's a little wiener kid uh speaking so of mean. james will be back next episode not next or like episode. next not next next of our episodes but next simpsons episode which is season nine episode one the city of new york versus homer simpson that's right season, oh man season nine baby the great experiment begins it Greg. begins the spreadsheet is coming out 
And as I stated in a previous episode, I, my mission with season nine, as I've been a very vocal detractor of it, is to find things I like in every single episode. And I'm proud of you for making that your goal. So it's very tough to admit when you're wrong, but you're going to do it. Stop it. And season 10 <laughs> is going to be the opposite. <laughs> uh, season 10 is going to just be a big dumpster fire. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> it's going to be a great way to go out. That's right. Uh, well, thank you to Carly for joining us in this video chat slash audio medium. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. This was this was a delight. Good to see how the sausage gets made. That's great. right. That's right. And uh, thank you to our listeners for listening, as always. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for subscribing. And if you want to subscribe to Patreon, it's just two bucks a month. You get all of our bonus content and uh, backlog of CinePals episodes. And you can listen to Greg defend Amazing Spider-Man 2 for some reason. And Birdman. Um, and Birdman. Uh, and Birdman? <laughs> it was a very different person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got some fun stuff coming up. I think we're still going to plow ahead with uh, Aladdin commentary. Speaking of Aladdin from yep. earlier in this episode. Yep. Um, so we're going to watch all three Aladdin films. <laughs> and uh talk about them because right. they're fascinating i mean the first one's just masterpiece but however ones... we're gonna do that is a good question but we'll figure it out i know a way fantastic um, <laughs> and uh you can always email us at the hammock district on third at gmail.com you numerical can, uh, three thank you you can also find us on the socials uh at bad neighbors pod and uh is that it i think that's it yeah we did it. We got to the end of season eight. Thanks, thanks everybody yeah. for sticking it out with us. Hopefully we'll have more to come as we continue staying inside. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Carly. Yeah, thank you guys. That was great. Bye, everyone. And thank you, everybody. And keep watching the ski. Bye.